Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Comedy Central. September 23rd, 2008. From Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, this is The Daily Show with John Stewart. My name is John Stewart. What a program for you tonight. Former President Bill Clinton will be our guest tonight. He'll be uh, here on the show. Hey, did you guys see Letterman last night? He, um... <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in Los Angeles at the Emmy Awards. By the way, we won another uh, little Emmy there last night. All the staff and crew. Staff. Staff and crew here. Everybody here. I'm so proud of them. Uh, so proud of everybody uh, uh, that works here. Just put in so much effort. I was so glad to, to, to see that payoff. But I was coming back uh, on the plane there, and then I have little children, so I helped put them to bed. So I, I didn't see it. Uh, but I heard, you know, from the guy in the audience that, that he was on, and then Chris Rock was on, and Chris Rock said funny things. And then... After that, I just started getting dizzy, you know, and uh, everything got real dark. But uh, either way, we got a big show for you tonight, and the big story continues to be economic meltdown. For anybody out there who's been living in a cave, let me just say this. Congratulations. You've apparently made the soundest real estate investment possible. Once again, Bin Laden wins. With Wall Street in shambles, Frankenstinian Treasury Secretary Henry Paulson has ridden to the rescue with a brilliant plan. The federal government's $700 billion plan to bail out the financial industry. $700 billion of your money. $700 billion. $700 billion. $700 billion. Obviously is a lot of money. But it's also as American as apple pie. McDonald's apple pie, that is. 2,000 of them. That's how much $700 billion would buy for every single American. Oh, now I understand. How powerful is a hydrogen bomb? Well, let's put it in terms of tacos. Geez, $700 billion is an awful lot of money. Do you think Paulson will take it? Well, he will, but only under certain conditions. For Secretary Paulson to accept our money, his decisions must be, quote, 
non-reviewable and committed to agency discretion and may not be reviewed by any court of law or any administrative agency. And we must allow him to wear a cape. And we must address him only as Baron Von Moneypants. And on your wedding night, he must be the first to deflower your bride. Basically, it's the Carter administration all over again. Look, before we hand this monster-esque unelected official 700 billion no-strings-attached dollars, there is one thing you should know. This financial guru never saw it coming. I've got great confidence in our financial market, our financial institutions. Our markets are resilient, they're flexible. Our institutions, our banks and investment banks are, are strong. Foresight. <laughs> it's his Achilles head. <laughs> All right, before we make this decision, let's hear from Paulson's supervisor. He's the CEO president. He's got an MBA from Harvard Business School. It turns out that there's a lot of inter interlinks throughout the financial system. Whoa! Slow, slow down, Greenspan. Wow. I mean, that went. Actually, the interlinks was one of the major themes of Bush's Harvard thesis, supply and demand? So you've discovered that our financial systems are connected. Is there a metaphor that you could use, Mr. President, that would inspire even less confidence? And then obviously AIG came along, and you know, Lehman came along, and it was uh, it declared bankruptcy. Then AIG came along, and it, uh, the house of cards was much bigger. And so when one card started to go, we were worried about the whole deck going down. House of Cards. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, Mr. President, uh, the problem with your financial house is uh, right over here. Uh, it's very uh, clear here. The walls are made uh, completely out of uh, playing cards. Yeah. <laughs> For example, right over here there, we should have a, a load-bearing stud there. You have a, uh, looks like a six of clubs. <laughs> I would uh, recommend wood or steel, or at least a face card. No disrespect. How you doing? <laughs> but none of this really explains why our invisible hand-loving president now wants to use the red hand of Lenin. Well, uh, my first instinct wasn't to, you know, lay out a huge government plan. My first instinct was to shotgun five core silver bullets. <laughs> I gotta fight that one day at a time. <laughs> so the president wants to make one thing clear. His core principles of free market can create these problems. Eh, not so helpful in the fixing department. My first instinct was to let the market work until I realized that Upon being briefed by uh, the experts of how significant this problem became. It's like normally I pray to Jesus. <laughs> but in this case, upon being briefed by the experts, hail Satan. <laughs> for more on this, we turn to senior analyst John Oliver. John, thanks very much for joining us. This is a stunning, stunning display. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For this administration, 
for this administration, after Katrina, mm -hmm. uh, after Iraq... Uh, uh, Guantanamo Bay? Yes, that also put yeah. us in a difficult situation. Yeah. Uh, how about uh, the politicization of our nation's judicial system? Yes, upsetting. Yeah. The, the a draconian secrecy. Yes, okay, my point yeah. is this. I didn't think there was another area that these guys could screw up. I know. And it wasn't easy. <laughs> it was like finding a vein on a failure junkie. So, is this... I understand, that's... Mm -hmm. Once the veins collapse, it's difficult. It's, it's is, very hard. Is this economic crisis then sort of the turd icing on this administration's <laughs> cake, if you will? Okay, uh, two things. Um, one, that was classy. <laughs> and, and two, don't count them out, John. It's a long way to January. So there's, you think there's more out there. What is left for them to uh, uh, decomplish, if you will? Well, um, let's see. Uh, do you still have a home? Yes. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, did your children have breakfast this morning? They, they did. They had a good breakfast. Was it something they found in the street? No, it was not. <laughs> All right, but... You're saying the president here won't be satisfied until American children are eating roadkill? Well, until they're fighting over roadkill. <laughs> until roadkill is the prize for the strongest American children. But... <laughs> wh why? Legacy, John. Look, we all know he'll never be ranked as the best president. But he could still, if he works hard enough... Be the worst? the last. <laughs> John Oliver. We'll be right back. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A two-term president of these United States. His Clinton Global Initiative kicks off its annual meeting tomorrow, September 24th. Please welcome back to the show, President Bill Clinton. Thank you for joining us. Nice to see you again. Let me ask you, you know, I know that presidential legacy is an important thing. Are you grateful to this president? <laughs> Actually, uh, I was thinking about how, now that you've shown me the light, if, if I were there, I'd spend this $700 billion for 2,000 pies. For every year. I never realized that option was out there. That's, I want to thank you. The first one, you burn the roof of your mouth, but you learn. Yeah. By pi 350, you learn. Isn't After it? you eat 350, you won't care that you don't own a home anymore. 
you'll be so full. Or you could just build an apartment building out of pies and live in there and they heat themselves. Uh, here's what's difficult for me to understand. The president says, boy, this problem's so big that I need uh, $700 billion of taxpayer money to save us. I've never normally do this. I'm a free market guy. But he rails on, if you want to give health insurance to kids without it, that's socialism. Does he have a functioning, uh, the, well, the cognitive dissonance? We ought to say, okay, you want us to put up the 700 billion? Here are the conditions. Number one, there has to be an effort to, there ought to be a moratorium on home mortgage foreclosures and every single one of these mortgages ought to be reviewed. And if you can write them down a little bit and somebody can make the payment, that will cost the taxpayers less and the economy less than a foreclosure. So first, rewrite it. That's what we did in the Depression. It actually made money for the taxpayers. By the way, when I loaned Mexico you money, you remember that? They paid it back early with a $600 million profit. So that's the second criteria. The one thing that the government did <clears throat> that I liked in the last few days when they, helped, uh, when they helped AIG, when they loaned the money, right. they took an 80% ownership share. Right. They loaned the money at interest. It was a very high interest rate. They're going to make profit. The second thing we ought to say is, look, you want to take all of our money as taxpayers and help these people get through a rough spot? Fine. You either got to loan them the money at interest so we can make money, or if you loan them the money, in effect, with no interest, then you have to get a piece of the upside. You get a percentage of the profit that goes back to the taxpayers. Now, is and that nationalization? The, Are we no. now France, then? No, no but it's, it's the heavier involvement of the government. But it, it's what happened because we had too much speculation too long. The Does third, anyone see this coming? Do they, you're, you're in cabinet meetings. You held cabinet meetings. Does the Treasury Secretary in a meeting go, oh, before we go, <laughs> I, wanna, I just want to mention real quick, you know those banks? Yeah, they don't have any more money. Well, they should have because all markets play out. This all started because you had too much money and the only place it could make money <clears throat> was in housing. If you remember, uh, in my second term, we had lots of jobs in part because all these high-tech industries were booming. Right. So like every boom, it led to a downturn. When the downturn occurred, uh, the Federal Reserve left a lot of money in America, but the only thing was then making money was housing. 2001, the fundamental, that, this is why this presidential election is important, folks. Not to find evildoers, but, how, but growth. In 2001, all this money was out there, and it all went into houses and construction. So we had to keep finding funny ways to have more houses, like the subprime mortgages or the derivatives. What if we had put a lot of this money into solar energy, into wind energy, into a, a hybrid electric vehicle, and all these things, are making all of our cities as energy efficient as possible, we would have created millions of jobs, raised incomes, had the revenues to provide health care to everybody, and there would have been competition for investment. Well, now you're so, just, so, you're so just talking I'm, like a crazy person now. Right? No, no, you, you, you've got, all I'm saying is, how much would you win if we held a presidential race today? How many, what do you think you'd win by, 20? No. For real, don't you think, don't you think, in, in your heart of hearts, don't you think, if you threw yourself out there and you went up against them, you, you, would, you would pretty much crush them? Well, I you think... You still got it. I... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We're going to come back to the commercial. The most important thing is... Yes. 
most important thing is Barack Obama's going to win. Yeah, you got a Barack Obama I think there. Obama's going to win. Our party is going to win this presidential oh. race. We'll be right back more with Doug Clinton. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're back with President Bill Clinton. Uh, We're discussing... uh, you know, I want to talk about, you mentioned one of the parts of this uh, uh, bailout that you think is important is congressional oversight. Can the Democratic Congress uh, have that oversight and do it effectively? Because the difference between, let's say, the Republican uh, Congress in 94 uh, that you were up against, they seemed uh, focused. They had an ability to challenge you. They had an ability to uh, uh, try and rein in what they thought was an opposite ideology. This Democratic Congress seems unable to mount a meaningful challenge. Well, I think they, first, let's give them credit. They have, they have passed a lot of progressive legislation uh, in education. They raised the minimum wage. They did a lot of other things. They're going to pass a good energy bill here. I think they passed one that was pretty good before, but they're going to pass a better one, I think, now. Now, here's the problem they have. Uh, the president can veto what they pass, and they don't have a veto-proof margin. When the Newt Gingrich Congress was elected, they were in a very different uh, frame of mind. They wanted to do things, and they knew I could stop them. But they also wanted to just say no to me, and they hadn't had a majority in decades. So I would say Newt uh, was a better, uh, not better is the wrong word, but a clearer. <laughs> Even now, you yeah, can't bring yourself. No. I mean, <laughs> oh, I get along with him fine, but I, I, I never had any doubt what had happened to me if I got caught alone in a dark alley. But <laughs> the, uh, but. Uh, but he was smart and articulate and forceful, but there was a lot of appeal then to this hardcore right-wing rhetoric. But with everything going on, does it surprise you, does it stun you with the dire consequences of all these things that this election apparently is taking us all the way back to 1968 and Nixonian uh, and McGovern culture divide? It's once again uh, the left demonizing the right for uh, narrow-mindedness and the right demonizing the left for elitism, and it, it almost seems like a repeat of this same movie that we keep seeing. Yeah, and I think, as you know, I think it's a mistake. That is, I, I think for Senator Obama, I, I told you before, I think he'll win. I think he'll win because I think he's run a, a, a responsive campaign to the issues. I think he's intelligent. I think he's really tried to come to grips with, like this financial crisis here. He's tried to come up with answers. And I think that uh, the economy's in trouble. Two-thirds of the American people are having trouble paying their bills. Uh, demographically, the country's moving toward us in greater diversity. Enthusiastically, there are more Democratic new voters than Republican ones. And he's very well organized, as we've seen, and as, as I saw in the primary. So uh, <laughs> I think, uh, so I'll be surprised, really surprised if he doesn't win. But you should understand that that we all vote for a whole welter of different reasons. And you shouldn't be surprised that a lot of young people and people, immigrants and identify with Senator Obama. You shouldn't be surprised that a lot of uh, 
Vietnam veterans and older identify with John McCain and the extraordinary Definitely. sacrifice he made I'm never surprised the that they identify. I'm always surprised that the conversation that is allowed, the that the conversation okay. is dominated right. so, in, in the media and everything else. All right, but if you go back to the speech that Hillary gave and the speech I gave in Denver, we tried to stop that. That is because what, what Senator Obama... But even that's a, great, that's a great example. And the media narrative for both of those was, did Hillary say enough? Did she show Obama enough love? Did Bill Clinton show Obama enough love? The whole thing was not about what you said. It was all about, yeah. would you reach the bar of love? <laughs> even this guy, I had some guy in the audience said to me, did you see him on, on Letterman? I don't know if he really endorsed Obama or not. Unless you get, <laughs> unless you get a tattoo. Yeah. You may have to get a but tattoo see, or some type of permanent bumper sticker. But all I can say is, I, I'm glad he's got people that love him that much. But those are not the people that hold this election. The people that hold this election are the people that think that he is on their side and he loves them. In other words, he needs to get the votes of the people that voted for Hillary or, didn't, or independents didn't even vote. But they know the country's off in the wrong direction. They want to change. And... What I tried to do and what Hillary tried to do in Denver was to say, listen, this is not about people's personal feelings. This is about which president is on your side, who is in there plan. for you and your family and your children and your future, who is going to restore the American dream at home, who is going to restore our country's position for peace and prosperity and harmony throughout the world. If you look at that, we, she and I have concluded that even though we actually have had a long and good relationship with Senator McCain. We admire him. It's no, there's no question that if you vote for Senator Obama and Senator Biden, you'll get better economic results, broader shared prosperity, fewer of these headache problems, and a better position in the world. That's what we believe. And I think that's the ground on which you want to fight the election. Look, the, the purpose the of this election is not for people to pass emotional hurdle tests. You know, this is not a Rorschach test. This is about winning an election that can change the future of the country by giving it back to the American Let me, people. That, that's actually very powerful. Let me just find this out. Does that, does that do it? Are you sold yet? All right. Now, now he feels better. He feels better now. Let me just say this. Just one thing since you mentioned that. I, I have been, I'm doing this global initiative and then I'm going out. Hillary has already done more for Senator Obama than all the runners-up in the Democratic nominating process in the last 40 years combined. Jerk. Combined. No, nope, not jerk. I'll handle this. Not, no, not jerk, but let's get real here. Uh, the the par purpose of this election is to win. We yes. need to do what gets votes. We already got all the people that love us on this side. We got to get some others. Let me just say and this. We got to love that, them, not that, expect them to love us. That really hurt my arm. <laughs> President Bill Clinton. That's our show. Join us tomorrow night at 11. Here it is. Your moment is in. And the average family, we weren't going to let that happen. You want to call on somebody? Uh, I, I never choose the. You never choose the, the questioner? But, 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 here I, today I, I have to do this. Well, I'll be glad to do uh, it. Wait, wait. Explore more shows from The Daily Show Podcast Universe by searching The Daily Show wherever you get your podcasts. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus.
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.